So the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all scripture is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. I think that really sets us up for something uh, useful as we approach uh, any passage of scripture, which is we wanna look at really four things. Um, even before we read it, we wanna go in with these questions in mind because Ultimately, what it says in the scripture is that we need to be doers of the word and not just hearers. And so the four questions that I would ask uh, every time I go to the scripture is, what is there here to learn? It says it is useful for teaching. So what can I learn? What's something that I didn't know before that I can learn? And a good way to identify those things, is there something in the passage that I don't understand? So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing we want to look at is, is there something in this passage that is a rebuke to me? Is there something that uh, I don't like uh, in my spirit? There's something that I am living in one way and the passage speaks in a different way. And, and I'm doing it knowing that the passage speaks in a different way. I'm still living and, and seeing things with my own perspective. Um, the scripture has the right to rebuke me according to uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And so is there something in the passage that is a rebuke to me? That's something important to look at each time. Another thing is, is there anything in this passage that can serve as a correction for me? A correction is different than a rebuke. A rebuke is generally brought uh, for someone who is intentionally doing something wrong. A correction is someone who may have just veered off course. And so there may be something that uh, I just didn't realize. And scripture is good at sort of redirecting me in moments like that. And so that's something I want to ask as I look at the scripture. Is there something here that I didn't realize? And the last thing is, uh, is there something in this passage that I need to be trained by? Something that I uh, need to commit myself to in an ongoing way. And so scripture is going to be full of those things. So we're just getting started in Romans. We're going to walk from Romans 1 through Romans 16. And today we're going to look at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. And so with those questions that I mentioned earlier in mind, let's read the text. Romans 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was a descendant of David according to the flesh and was appointed to be the powerful son of God according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the Gentiles, including you, who are also called by Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, loved by God, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in telling the good news about his Son, that I constantly mention you, always asking in my prayers, that if it is somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I want very much to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. 
Now, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now, in order that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as I have had among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and barbarians, both to the wise and the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Father, we thank you for your word. It is good. Help us to understand it and help us to put it into practice that we might be a part of your plan, Lord, to redeem the world. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to kind of walk through our passage just a little bit. And there's really four subsections that I see there um, in what Paul is trying to communicate. Number one is, is Paul tells the reader who he is and why what he says matters. I think that's important in anyone that we read. We want to know what's their credential. And that's ultimately what Paul starts off with is, is his credentials. And he, he lists three different things. Um, number one, he says, I'm a servant of God. Um, sometimes that's translated as a slave. I think the intent of Paul is that he is, he, he is compelled, but he is also joyful in the service of God. So it's not something that he, he has to do as a labor. He does the labor as a joy. And I think that's a really important thing. Ultimately for Paul, and he wants us to understand this, is that everything starts with God. Everything starts with God, and it is right, and it is a joy to serve Him. Second thing he says is that he's an apostle. He's an apostle. You might say, well, what is an apostle? I hear the word the twelve apostles, the twelve disciples. In the New Testament times, um, an apostle, uh, by definition, an apostle is one who is sent out. One who is sent out with a message, as a, as a messenger from, from someone to someone. And ultimately, Paul's credential as an apostle is a unique credential. It's a credential that, that you could say is a capital A apostle. He is given a special, a special message and a special mission. Um, the message that he received is the gospel, and he received it directly from Jesus. So he had the encounter on the road to Damascus, and there is when his relationship with Jesus really, really began in a, a fresh and new way. And through that, interestingly enough, he took this very, very Jewish man and he made him the messenger to carry the gospel to the Gentiles, which would have been the rest of uh, the world. And so, so that apostleship was special in that all these had seen the resurrected Jesus. And <clears throat> it's important to recognize that, that other apostles in his day would have recognized his apostleship and, and affirmed his apostleship. Um, you can read on that some in Galatians 2, but uh, that's one of his credentials. He's an apostle, an important one. Um, and also, also it says here, uh, he was set apart for the gospel of God. Uh, God's story from Genesis to Revelation is one that carries the good news to the nations. And that was one thing that God used Paul in a unique way to do. Ultimately, up until this point, God's work largely had been among the Jewish people, uh, his people Israel, and he used Paul um, to carry the gospel to the nations. And so he was really set apart for the gospel of God to carry God's story uh, around the world. 
Um, a second subheading that I see in the passage is Paul briefly explains the gospel, uh, starting in verse 2. Um, and he says it's the good news of God, which is to say, um, this is God's story. That's one of the, the things I really want you to see, is that this is God's story. He's the one that tells the story. He's the one that wrote the story. And we don't really get to, to change how the story goes. We don't get to, we can, we can observe, but we don't have the right to amend the story. We just have right to join the story. And one reason is it's come from, from long ago uh, through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures we see in verse 2. And then concerning Jesus Christ, in verse 3 he lists several different things that are true about Jesus. Number one, that he is God's son. Now that was a huge statement. And for someone like Paul, uh, who many of his contemporaries uh, would have freaked out um, at the blasphemous statement of uh, Jesus being equal with God. Um, for him to say that he is God's son is a huge statement uh, that, that ultimately we're going to see that the gospel, Paul was, he was proud of it. He loved the gospel. Um, and so he believed this with all of his heart and, and ultimately became uh, a, a martyr for, for the name of Jesus because of his belief that, that Jesus was, was God's son. Um, he's also lists out here that he is our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. That means he's the boss. He's the one that gives us our directions. He, he, he guides us. He's the one that we serve. Um, according to the flesh, he was a descendant of David. That's really important uh, relative to prophecy, that, that he, would come, he would come from the line of, of the tribe of Judah. And so he's, he's referencing that as a significant thing about Jesus. Um, he says that Jesus was appointed to be the powerful son of God by the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection of the dead. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead is so significant in the story. Ultimately, if Jesus had never risen from the dead, then he's just another guy who made a lot of claims. But uh, we know that, that many of the early believers saw him firsthand. Um, eyewitness accounts. Uh, he was, appeared to over 500. Um, and, and we know that Jesus had risen from the dead. And there's a lot of stories and, and accounts and, and reasoning that we can go into and say we have confidence that Jesus rose from the dead. And that ultimately uh, appointed Jesus uh, as the powerful Son of God, um, which is so important. Um, final thing here in this subheading under uh, the gospel, the good news of God, and, and Paul briefly explaining it, is that... <clears throat> is that it says here, through Jesus we have received grace and apostleship to bring about obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all Gentiles, including you who are also called by Jesus Christ. Next subheading, uh, Paul addresses those to whom he writes. He writes to the people that are in Rome, and he says of them that they are loved by God. God knows you, God knows them, um, and ultimately God demonstrates Paul will say later in Romans that God demonstrates his love for us um, in this, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, so God uh, loves the people there in Rome. They were called as saints. So these are he's writing to the believers that are there in Rome, uh, the followers of Jesus. Uh, we know at this point that Paul is writing this letter that he had not visited Rome yet. Um, so he didn't, he didn't know many of these people personally, uh, if, if any of them personally. Um, but they were believers that we will find here in a minute that their faith had been spread around the world um, at the time. People were really aware of the faithfulness of the people there in Rome. And so, so Paul says, 
uh, for those that are called as saints. And saints is a word that means set apart. It's sanctified. It's people that um, are are ultimately just believers. There are some churches in the world that will say that, that saints are a select people and they have a special role or something like that. But ultimately, I think what we see is that anyone who is a believer in Jesus is sanctified, set apart uh, for God's plan in their life. And so uh, he's writing to the saints that are in Rome. And he says this, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a, a familiar introduction that Paul gives in his letters. But then he gives something that's special. He says, I thank God for your faith, which is reported around the world, and I constantly mention you in my prayers. Um, Paul had a special, a special desire to go and see the people in Rome because he wanted to do something special with them. He wanted to give uh, some spiritual gift to strengthen them. Uh, he wanted them to have the experience of encouraging one another in, in their faith, um, and it was something that he's been trying to do, but he just couldn't come. And so he mentions that there in the text as well. Because ultimately he wants to have a harvest among them the way that he has had among others in the Gentile world. I love that he wanted to share the, the gospel and preach the gospel to the wise and to the foolish. This is for people regardless of, of their educational uh, or, or social status. He wanted to share the gospel with every person that he could. Um, and so I'm eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome, verse 15 tells us. Which brings us to the gospel. The gospel was Paul's boast. It was his boast. A lot of times when we read, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, we think of it sort of in a context of, like, if you ask me about it, I'm not afraid to talk about it. But for Paul, it was more than that. It was the boast of his life. He said, everything else is trash except knowing Jesus. Like that's what that's that's the way Paul saw the gospel. He was he was so proud of the gospel. He wanted to carry the gospel to the nations because he believed that it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. To anyone who believes. That's the great news of the gospel. If you if you believe uh, that Jesus rose from the dead. If you confess with your mouth, he will write later in, in, this, in chapter 10, he'll say, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And that's for the Jewish person, for the Greek person. It's, it actually says in verse 13 of chapter 10, it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he says it this, he says, in it, in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus, the rightness, the righteousness, the, the right way to live of God is revealed from faith to faith. It is written, the righteous will live by faith. And it's easy to just kind of miss this, but especially if you don't know the rest of the context of Romans. But in chapter 3, we're going to realize actually here in a couple of weeks, um, actually next week, we will look at a passage uh, at the end of chapter 1 that, that is really offensive to, to every person because it basically shows us our offenses. It shows us our offenses and how God is the one who sets the rules and we are the ones who have broken the rules. And so Paul will build a case that everybody has broken the rules and, and the resulting uh, outcome of that for all of us is death. And so the fact that he says that the righteous will live is a really big deal that we will live by faith and putting our hope in Jesus is, is great, great news. It's not that we are going to live by our, our good works or our own merit because nobody could be good enough to do that. 
But the reality is, if we will put our faith and our hope in Jesus, uh, it says that the righteous will live by faith. So there's a few things I want you to notice and apply. Um, Number one, this is God's story. Um, I don't have the right, like I mentioned earlier, uh, to amend it. Um, Ultimately, he tells us what is true and right. Um, I want you to notice also the second thing is the integrity of the messenger and the message of the gospel. Paul lays out uh, a great case for his integrity. Um, He's called by God. He, he has a singular purpose, and that's really the, the root word behind uh, integrity is a oneness. And there is a oneness in who Paul is, in his focus, and his vision as he pursues following Jesus and helping other people follow Jesus. And so there's great integrity in this messenger, and there's also great integrity in this message. Paul will go to the death defending the fact that there is one gospel and that ultimately it is by faith in Jesus. The final thing I want you to see is the good news and the power of the gospel. Here's the truth. God saves anyone who believes. Saves anyone who believes. That means you, me, anyone who believes. If we will put our faith in Jesus, that makes us right with God. And that we can have hope and we can have joy. Because the gospel starts with this. God created everything. And he gave us... uh, purpose and a plan and he has a plan that that he started long ago that he is going to complete and we can we can we can live our our own life and do our own thing or we can we can recognize the fact that God has a, a great plan and we can come alongside and join him because of the work of Jesus and join him in his mission to redeem the world so Romans 1, 1 to 17. That's about it. Um, We're going to jump in next time. Romans uh, 1, we're going to finish off the rest of the chapter. And I look forward to doing that with you as well. So God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you.